Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Mindful Talk. Misty and I are here today with the second episode of this little two-part series on mindful eating. If you didn't listen to the episode last week with Katrina McGiffin and myself, go ahead and go back and listen to that one. She set a really good foundation for our conversation today on mindful eating and intuitive eating. And so Misty and I want to continue this conversation for a little while longer. It's mindful eating. When we talked about it, maybe about a year ago on an old episode was by far our most downloaded episode of mindful talk overall that, and the episode on your relationship with alcohol, maybe we'll revisit that one later too, but mindful eating or eating in general is such a hot topic. It's something that obviously relates to all of us, um, for, for not only nourishment reasons, because we're humans and we need to eat, but also because of the challenging relationship, um, that so many people have with food and nourishment and, and eating. So welcome back to the podcast. Oh, I'm really grateful you guys had that interview <clears throat> and it was fun for me because they did the interview and then I got to listen to it after the fact. So it was fun because now I can bring my thoughts around it because it was, there was several things I wanted to elaborate immediately on. Um, but the overarching conversation is that it's all mindfulness, which is crazy. We do not as humans go from, I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to watch when I eat. I'm going to do this. I'm going to count my calories and all of that. That's mindfulness of food. You're, you're mindfully eating. It's just not all in the, you know, channeled in the right way. And so I love that, that the focus of conversation really was just being mindful about your eating. And this is a part of your practice. And so if you're struggling with eating in any capacity, I think Instead of perhaps, this is what I thought, instead of perhaps focusing so much on the controllables and the food and all that stuff, maybe pivot and turn towards learning how to meditate, getting a hobby and, you know, switching your focus. And maybe when you take that extra time to focus on your mindfulness practice, it'll flow over to your eating. Totally. It's, it's interesting. You led with that. Cause that was the first note I had, um, Misty mm-hmm. and I just recently did an episode on hobbies. And so that definitely applies here. If you haven't listened to that, go back, but it's so true that often we compartmentalize our eating. Like we have our mindfulness practice and some of the things we might work on spiritually and emotionally. And sometimes eating is this like highly controlled thing outside of that, but really this is all one, one person, this is all one life and all one practice. And so when we can fill our cup, as Katrina was mentioning in other ways, like through hobbies or doing things that bring us joy, doing things that help us feel relaxed, that will trickle into our relationship with food. And 
perhaps as we feel more nourished through hobbies that nourish us, mindful hobbies, we will start to look at food differently. Um, you know, maybe controlling it less or maybe having a healthier relationship with it as a result of being nourished in other ways. So here's what's crazy and like really mind blowing about this episode. Prior to my mindfulness practice, and this is me like listening to the episode and reflecting back prior to the mindfulness episode, Misty was worked out a lot. She counted her calories. She only ate Mexican food on Friday. She cheated, you know, here and there with alcohol. I never, I never said I'm going to change my eating habits, right? I never looking back, I never outwardly said that. I never said I'm going to change that. I don't really eat meat. Um, I'm more plant-based. I never just made that declaration, but what happened (laughs) is I really started to focus on my mindfulness practice. And as my mindfulness practice evolved, as did, I guess, my acceptance for information and just opening myself up really to new things and trying new things and eating new things. And through that, I discovered, wow, I can really eat healthy. I feel better. I have a better relationship with food. And I can just live my life without food being in my head going, "Mm, no, you can't go out tonight. You had Mexican food last night. Do you know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. crazy because now it's like, whoa, I totally never focused on that. But today, Misty, it's pretty plant-based. I would say 80% of the time, what goes in my body is relatively good for me. 20% of the time I'm human and I like to live life and, you know, have the popcorn or whatever it is. Um, But that was so not me six years ago. Isn't that crazy? Yes, absolutely. And it makes total sense. It makes total sense. And it often happens kind of like your journey without us realizing it's happening because when we become more mindful in the structures of our brain, it spills over into everything. Yeah. It's bananas. It just, it's crazy that it took this episode for me as a mindfulness teacher to connect the dots about my eating. I just compartmentalized it. Like she said into a different part. That's not mindfulness, Mm -hmm. which it totally is. And it was changed me and how I mean, quite honestly, it probably saved my body because the way I lived before was not healthy. And the way I live today is, you know, if I'm hungry, I eat. And if it speaks to me, I eat. And do you know what I mean? And I'm aware like that I used to love, love, love to have like six enchiladas. If I had that today, my stomach would hurt and it's awful. And I know that it's not worth it. So my brain just knows like, oh, enchiladas are good. So we're going to have one. And then, you know, we're going to have some rice and beans or whatever. And then I'm totally fine. But seriously, six years ago, that was not the case. It's almost like some of the control around eating creates a bit of a void And the way that we fill that is on cheat day, right? Where we eat whatever we want, as much as we want, filling what we've been missing all week, because that level of control creates a bit of emptiness, you know, with anything, whether it's food or relationships or, oh my gosh, you know, there's a hundred things we could control, but that control is a pulling away from life because what do we know about life? That there's nothing we can control. It's totally groundless, you know? 
And as we start to get a little more stabilized with that sense of groundlessness, I think we're filling up naturally just some of what's been missing. Like we're okay, not being okay. And we don't need food to fill that up, you know? Yes. Someone, maybe it was on a movie recently, but it said to be the best version of yourself and to be okay with life, you need to get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. And I was like, wow, that's so true. Right. Being uncomfortable, being uncomfortable. So I, um, she said the, the, I really loved the phrase, the cost to the body. And like, you know, like I was saying, I eat the six enchiladas and then, you know, my stomach hurts and I'm miserable the next day. And I feel really lethargic and I never sweat, but like, if I eat gross stuff, I will sweat and it's super weird. And I don't like it, especially like night sweats. So when I do look at something and I'm like, I really want to eat a bunch of that. I try really hard to remind myself gently because it used to be like more mean talk in my head, like more about being skinny and the way I looked. Now it's so much different in the way I talk to myself. And I'm like, hey, Misty, you know, you got X, Y, and Z to do tomorrow. If you eat all of that, you're going to feel like crap tomorrow and you're not going to perform at your best. And that's the truth. And it's such a, it's, honest. I'm not being mean to myself. It's the honest truth. And then I'm like, okay. And then I'm okay with not eating it. Right. Right. It's like, we know how to prepare ourselves for a big event, you know, like say I just came back from a yoga retreat, but say I was teaching the yoga retreat. Usually the two weeks before I eat food that's so nourishing, that gives me energy that doesn't spike my blood sugar. Like I know how to prepare to be my best through food. Um, and it's what you said, it's 80, 20 also, like, I'm not going to be a hundred percent whatever for those two weeks, but, but I know how to nourish myself in a way that gives me energy and clarity, you know, like, I know, I know how to do that. Um, I know how to nourish myself in a way that doesn't have a high cost to my body. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. I think that one important thing as, parents now, like there was no conversations in my home about nutritional eating or eating for your body, or how does that feel when you eat that? And these are the questions I ask my kids now. So when they gorge on the things that kids gorge on, and then they're like, mommy, we have the tummy ache. You know, I used to probably got told if I'm guessing correctly, like we shouldn't have eaten that. Now, you know, you know, that kind of thing. I try to really talk about it with my kids because I want them to already start having those conversations with themselves about how they feel, not so much how they look, not so much, but how do you feel? And she's like, well, my tummy hurts. And I'm like, do you know why your tummy hurts? And she's like, well, because I ate a whole bunch of candy. And I'm like, candy doesn't make your body feel very good, does does it? And she's like, no. And so then when we come to the candy thing, I can polite because I'm her inner you know, person right now because she's five. And I say, remember when you had that stomach ache and your tummy really hurt? And she's like, oh yeah, I don't need to eat that much. That wasn't fun. And it's like, just that stop. I feel like, I hope, I mean, my kids are little, so God knows what's going to happen to them. But I hope that that stop alerts them already to be intuitive about how their body feels about the things that they put in it. 
Right. Right. I, I mean, that's all you can hope for. That yeah. would be the highest, best possible outcome with their relationship with food is that they are inhabiting their body in a way where they understand how the outer environment, which includes food affects their inner life and how they feel. I mean, right? that would be hands down best possible scenario. And it just starts with little observations here and there. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think it's, I mean, like all things, their habits come from our habits and them watching us. And I am very aware of that because my habits also were from my people and they weren't great habits. So I've changed those. And I want my kids to see like there are times and sometimes Barrett will give me a hard time about it, that I'm just not hungry at dinner. And I don't want to eat because there's food in front of me. And I don't want anybody to teach that. I will happily go to a dinner at a restaurant and have a glass of water and maybe like an appetizer or something, but I don't want to eat. People give you a lot of heck about it often. I've built up a tolerance to that because it's all about the way I feel and and like, I just don't want to eat right now. So the girls will ask me, mom, why are you eating? And I'm like, I'm not hungry. And Ella will be like, yeah, I'm not that hungry either. And I'm like, well, maybe just eat your broccoli. And she's like, okay, just those little tiny conversations. And them seeing me say like, I'm not going to sit here and eat all of this meatloaf and my green beans and whatever, because it's dinner time. And that's what's in front of you. I know that's the polite thing to do. And that's how I was raised. And I definitely want to be polite and honor that in social situations, but I also want to be true to myself and my body. Yeah. Um, and that comes from knowing when I'm hungry and when I'm not. Right. Right. Like, honestly, it is nobody's business. If you know what I mean? Like you're not agree. Hungry, move on. <laughs> I think it's crazy that you can't comment about people's weight, but you can definitely comment about how much they're eating or how little they're eating. Right. Like what? Yes. No. Like that person may have had a huge meal late in the day. This is what happens to me. I get all my own schedule. I do that. My family's not here. Right. And I have lunch for some reason at 3 PM and then here comes 6 PM. Well, I'm not hungry. Right. So then I eat when everybody goes to bed and I just have either the leftovers or something at, you know, around eight, because that's how my schedule was that day. And I used to feel bad about that. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm eating so late. What's it going? No, it all balances out. I Mm -hmm. ate when I was hungry and I followed my body and I really, I mean, trust me, if you're listening and you think I'm like, Oh, Misty has it all together. She doesn't. I have an inner critic too, that talks to me about weight and nutrition and they battle each other all the time. My mindfulness practice helps me tremendously in knowing to listen to that intuitive part and the smarter part of Misty that says, as long as you're putting good things in and you're eating when you feel like it's necessary and you know, you're taking care of your body in the respect of you're moving your body in some capacity, it will all level out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was interesting what she said that, and this is going to be the homework that I would like to suggest Mm. for everybody from this episode later. If we are eating and we're in a state of sympathetic arousal, which means we're stuck on high, we're in fight or flight, which is where most of this country honestly is living as a baseline. If we are stuck on high, 
we are not ingesting 35 to 40% of the nutrients from the food. And it was funny when I recorded that episode with her, I was eating a kale salad with salmon and some avocado on it. So I'm like eating, buzzing around, getting ready. And I have this beautiful, healthy meal that I had prepared, but because I know I was sort of in sympathetic arousal, it wasn't even absorbing more than half of it. And so I think that one of the biggest takeaways is, is that mindfulness practice comes in when we can choose to let go of distraction when we eat. And to honestly, we don't pray before meals. Um, it's just not in our culture, in our household, but I think prayer before meals is really beautiful for this reason of kind of dropping you back into parasympathetic response, which is rest and digest where you're calmed down, your nervous system is calmed down. And that beautiful transition between sitting, closing your eyes, saying a few words kind of helps you prepare to receive that food. You know, yeah. for me, it would be sitting down and taking five deep breaths, turning off my phone, my computer, and just sitting with my food once a day, I'm going to try to do that and have a more mindful meal because I realize like it's a, a spinning out of energy to create beautiful food and then be distracted while you eat it and your body can't even receive it. Oh my gosh. It's amazing homework. Glad you brought it up. It was, it's funny you brought it up. That was the next thing I had written down because my mind was so blown because I think about everybody out there that works through lunchtime, that eats in the car, the car. That, eat, that eats at drop off, that eats at a sporting event for their kid, like, and you're just shoving it in your face. Right. Even if it's the, the best thing that you can shove in your face, 30 to 40% of that is not making it into your body. That's just incredible. It's incredible. I, um, I am, I'm glad you put the challenge out there because that is, um, I've been sitting down at lunch for a while by myself. And I'd say the last few weeks, I've been just multitasking on my phone and getting stuff done. And I haven't been at least shutting it down for a bit of it and taking the breaths and taking the time. And I need the reminder. So it came at a really good time too, because I've gotten in some old habits. <laughs> I think for you and I too, because probably lunch is like as solo as we're going to get, you know, I know your husband's yes. around right now, but like your girls are at school. So maybe for both of us, that's our challenge is, is a lunchtime mindful meal. Right. And so like that goes, and I wonder too, you know, how sometimes you'll have lunch and then you ate so fast that you think you're still hungry. And so you go find more snacks like that yes. whole pattern. I wonder if we ate a mindful meal, you know, it's going to be slower. Our body's going to be receiving it differently. I wonder if that desire to fill more in would be gone because we would have a better sense of nourishment. That's if anybody, if you experiment with this, let us know, because I'd be curious. Mm -hmm. I also would say for people who hurry through meals, set a timer. Like I used to have to do that to slow myself down. Cause I was a fast eater. Mm -hmm. Um, I, well, I always felt like everybody was going to eat everything at the table. So I was like, wanted to eat it to get more, which is a terrible way to like, look at things. Um, so I had to slow myself down and it really did help me because now I know kind of really like what 30 minutes is and what it isn't. And, and a good lunch time is around 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and that's a great amount of time for you really. I mean, like think about if you're at work 
And really the only place you can get quiet is your car. You take your lunch out to your car. They even make, I used to have a tray that fit on my steering wheel that made it a tray that you could eat on and just eat in your car in silence and, you know, take some breaths, maybe listen to a meditation. Um, that can like really change your day, yeah. like game changer. It'd be like two days almost. Like if you're having a bad day and then your lunchtime came and that was your deal was you had a mindful lunch to yourself. I can almost tell you your second half of your day would be completely different. I think you and I should create, you can put it on your insight timer. I'll put it on my Lauren yoga app. We should create an eating meditation, like a preparation. I love that. Right. Writing that down. Yes. Yes. I think that would be really great. Like three to five minutes max. Yeah. I think that's an excellent, um, she's talking about, I teach on insight timer and Lauren has the Lauren yoga app. Um, which is awesome. She teaches yoga too on top of that, but the insight timer is just meditation. So you can find those. I think they're listed on our show notes. Um, but I really did enjoy this conversation. And I think that it's really always interesting to think about how many downloads that it's the most popular episode, like the mindful eating. Um, and it shows to the fact that it's like, how often do you have these conversations with your friends? Cause I don't. And that's what everybody's thinking about. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that weird? It's like eating and food. I mean, it's, it takes up so much of our, right? our mental rent, you know? Well, and think about all you do. All, I mean, like when we go on trips, we joke. Cause we're like, everything is just planned around food. Right. Like when we're going to eat, but like life is planned around that. Like we got to make sure there's snacks and we got to go here for lunch and we got, you know, it's crazy. And so it's like, everybody's thinking about food. No one's talking about it. So I'm happy to have the conversations about it. Hopefully people can um, take this homework and maybe it will help them to listen to their bodies more and be intuitive. Like she was talking about. So thanks for the great conversation. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to, to do my homework of having a mindful lunch every day and just noticing the subtle changes, honestly. Yeah, me too. I'm going to text you when I do it. Okay. Good, Me too. And, okay. So there you go. Get an accountability partner or just text somebody. Hey, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes this week to take a meal. I'm going to text you every day just so you can hold me accountable. I think people would appreciate that. And you'd be surprised what you spread. So thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you listening. um, And we appreciate you subscribing and downloading and sharing. It means so much to us. um, And we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.